Welcome to the Property Voice Podcast, helping you to navigate safely through the world of property investing. Get the lowdown and updates, insights and outcomes on all matters property with a splash of entertainment along the way. The Property Voice, a voice to trust among the crowd. Now, let's get started with your host, Richard Brown. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Property Voice podcast. My name is Richard Brown and as always, it's a pleasure to have you join me on the show again today. Well, I've been really looking forward to this series for quite some time now. It's all about women in property. And as you're about to hear, we have some great guests lined up to share their stories over the course of the next few weeks, which will act as both inspiration, but also as aspirational role models for both women, obviously, but also men as well. In addition, I spotted the fact that I am not in fact a woman myself. And so I decided to invite Helen Pollock to uh, join me and co-host this series uh, for, to add a little bit more femininity to it, if you like. So let's hear a little bit about what we can expect over the course of the series, including some deep themes like gender equality, subconscious bias, and societal or cultural expectations of women in property, in business, or in general. It's not all serious stuff, though. Um, We do get a bit light, and we can share a few personal insights and stories, and even manage to get a Meet the Fockers reference in for good measure. (laughs) And we've recorded a couple of the interviews already, so I know that the conversation is going to be free-flowing and uh, and not so heavy going as well. So stick with us, guys. <laughs> but right, here's the conversation with Helen that, uh, that we both had to set the scene for the series right now. Okay, so let's get on with this week's featured topic with Property Chatter. Hiya, Helen. Hello, Richard. <laughs> hello, hello. We just had a little... I say a little preamble conversation. It wasn't really, was it? But um, the what I thought um, you and I would do is is kind of set the scene a little bit for this series that on the Property Voice podcast, uh, which is uh, women in property. And um, you've kindly agreed to come on and co-host the show with me. Are you um, looking forward to that at all? I am. I'm delighted to be joining you and meeting. A really wide range of uh, fantastic women who are successfully working in property. Absolutely, me too. And um, we've already got a number of confirmations. We'll come on to that, I think, in a few minutes. Mm. But I think maybe what what I thought we'd do with this uh, particular episode is set the scene a little bit, um, introduce you, and, and just talk a little bit about what we're trying to do with this with this particular series. And I think um, it, it happens to be International Women's Day, doesn't it, when we're talking? So it does. So that that was um, that was kind of appropriate, <laughs> I think. It certainly is. Yeah, and um, so and we talked earlier about as well. I think we both have a similar view of what we we mean by uh, feminism um, mm. as being, if I'm right in understanding, and you can correct me, obviously, is uh, but equality is essentially equality, gender equality, and believing yeah, for absolutely. yeah, okay, and equal opportunities for both sexes. Yes, it's really important to say that, you know, that for me, and, and I think if you'd probably look in the dictionary, the definition of feminism is equality for both sexes. 
Exactly. But it's great to have a little bit of uh, a, a feminine in- influence on the on the podcast. Sometimes it's just me, and obviously I've got a certain perspective, and we might even talk about perspectives and bias and prejudice. I'm sure, maybe in this conversation and, not, and throughout the series. But um, what what really I wanted to do is I, I'm I'm a father uh, to three you know young adult you know daughters, uh, young women. I'm also a husband to um, my, my wife, obviously, and um, <laughs> she's uh, she's a very you know uh, how to put it you know she's she's striving and pushing forward in her career and doing really well. And um, diversity, by the way, is one of her big agendas. She works in human resources in a, in a large corporate environment, and I, I get to have this conversation around the dinner table quite a bit, you know, um, I guess. And so I, I just thought that. Um, I was equally having a conversation with um, one of our upcoming guests, which is Anna Harper. And you know Anna, don't you? I do, indeed. Yes. And um, she was telling me that often she's the only woman in the room um, and, and, you know, in, in property circles, that is. So whether it, you know, it's a viewing, it's a finance conversation, it's a development project, you know, she sometimes networking meetings. You know, maybe not, maybe less so in networking meetings, but often she's the only per, only woman in the room. And I thought it would be really good to showcase, you know, successful women in, in property, and help, you know, to share their stories. And out of those stories, hopefully, can come inspiration, aspiration. Um, you know, and learning a little bit from what they did and what maybe they would do differently and, and, and hopefully getting to some of the wider debate as well about gender, uh, mm-hmm. gender and property. So that was that was the sort of spark and that, that led me to want to cover this particular topic on the podcast. And, and I'm really grateful, Helen, that you've agreed to join me because I think, you know, I kind of did spot I'm not a woman. <laughs> <laughs> So, it did uh, amuse me when you, I think you sent me a message saying, Helen, I've realised I'm not a woman. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was my eureka moment, actually. Yeah. <laughs> it's taking some time to realise that. <laughs> but no, I thought it'd be really good to get a bit of balance, um, you know, particularly for this series. So thanks very much for joining me. And I guess, yeah, let's, let's sort of bring you into the conversation a bit more now. And, and let's talk about you. And why don't you just tell us a little bit about you and your background and property and just start us into the conversation a little bit Helen if that's okay. Yeah but delighted to. So um, I am uh, a, a wife, I'm a mother to two children who are aged three and seven and um, I'm an aspiring property investor. Uh, at the moment I have my own business, Bergamot PR and Marketing um, and I have, a, I have a few property clients now. Um, my interest in property was sparked after my daughter, who's the seven-year-old, uh, was born. And I didn't want to go back into corporate life. It, it no longer fitted with my new responsibilities and the lifestyle I wanted to have. Um, so I started looking at... Um, books like reading books like Rich Dad Poor Dad and realized that I needed to go my own way and create the life that I wanted for myself Um, and part of that was learning about the power of assets holding assets 
and of course property is part of that so um i've you know learnt um i'm learning about property in a variety of different ways i've done some training and obviously you know i work with um fantastic people like you and, and now i have some other property clients and hopefully uh, at some point um in the nearish future i will be able to invest of my own accord so that's me really yeah, I mean, some really some interesting things come out of that. Um, you know, you talk about it being an aspiring property investor, and um, maybe it, it's an avenue that can be an alternative to a traditional sort of nine to five job slash career. Um, you, you've also talked about the fact that you've got a young, fairly young family, um, and and, and um, I guess we, when we're having the conversation before the conversation. It, you know, it, 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 we went into a couple of areas and, and maybe we should pick some of those up because um, set the scene, you know, is, is there any difference for women in property to men in property? It's a really interesting question. And, and I'm sure, you know, any woman you speak to has probably got a different answer. Um, so I think for me, um, I've mostly had really positive experiences you know through networking in property and meeting lots of different people who operate in the sector uh, but there was one um, amusing incident where I was viewing an auction property and at the time I think I was like seven months pregnant or something and I went over with my other half um, to view this property in Wolverhampton and he knows nothing about property whatsoever and doesn't really have much interest. It, it's my thing. He's a civil servant and, and you know, that's his bag. Mm-hmm. Um, but when we were viewing this auction property, uh, the estate agent doing the viewing addressed all his commentary to, to my other half. And <laughs> um, <laughs> probably thought, I don't know, I was just there to, um, you know, along for the ride or something. So how did you deal with that? I just, I asked him lots of um, uh, what I would hope were perceptive questions and, and kind of made myself, made my presence felt. Um, mm. And my other half was, you know, was, was much quieter. Um, and I think, yeah, that, that's kind of how I dealt with that. But we were talking earlier, weren't we, about generally women's success in business and Mm -hmm. I told you about the very small proportion of main board directors on uh, in in FTSE 100 and and Fortune 500 companies Um, and we were wondering my gut feeling is that many of that small number of women aren't mothers I suspect, although, I, I, you know, this is something I'd need to fact check, but I think things, the playing field is a lot more level for women in general, but I think the problems occur when, um, when women have children because, um, you know, your family context, your, resp- your caring responsibilities take a, a, a big toll um, and so yeah it'd be really interesting to find out a bit more about that and also to find out what women in property have got to say ab- about that mm. I think there is a big strong link between you know women in business women in property 
women in the workplace. You know, it, mm. it, it's, 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 there's a lot of common threads there. Um, but, you know, we, we talked to, again earlier about society and cultural influences and, and our environment. And I think, um, I, I, so for example, my, my wife is quite senior in, um, in, in, an, in the HR function in a large multinational company. Um, well, she hasn't always been senior. So, you know, she's worked her way, you know, up through very hard work and, you know, performance over time. But she's a mother. And yes. so, you know, it's been difficult. In fact, to, you know, without sort of revealing too much, she was a single mother for quite a significant point of her career as well. Um, so she was a single mother and she was um, – I remember we had, we had the conversation about the first time she was offered an international assignment or secondment. And she, I think, I think Natalia, her daughter at the time was about seven or eight years old. I seem to remember Of course, I wasn't on the scene at that point in time. And, um, it was a massive decision, of course, how, how she would, you know, could take up that opportunity, which obviously would mm. help her career. But as a single mother, and, you know, I, I, I could go so far into the conversation and I won't reveal too much about it, but she, it, it was hard for her. You know, it, it, yeah. she didn't have support at home. She didn't have a partner. And, you know, the childcare, albeit, you know, as a seven or eight-year-old, it's a little bit more, as you know, it's a little bit more easy than perhaps a three-year-old, uh, pre mm. preschool age. Um, so, you know, long, long story short, she found, she found a way um, – but I would say, and, and she's had conversations with her daughter about compromises and trade-offs, um, um, you know, as a result of her career progression. So it wasn't easy and, you know, some things had to give and she had to find a way to make it work for her and her family at that point in time. So, I, you know, I, I'm talking in a third party here. It's not my own personal experience. You know, it's that that's mm. my own wife. But I admire her. This is my point. I admire her for finding a way, you know, to be successful, have a, a good career, as well as being a mom, and, and in fact, a single mom at that time. But it, I, the, really why I wanted to get that story out was just to talk a little bit also about um, society issues, if you like, and cultural issues that can maybe have an influence on, you know, particularly women in business and women in property. And, you know, we, we started to talk about that a bit, didn't we? So I don't know what your thoughts were, Helen, really, in that respect. Yeah, I think um, uh, your wife's story is is really interesting. And, and I think the key to that story is trade-offs, compromises. Mm. Um, I think as, as a working mother, certainly, um, you, you're just constantly juggling to make things happen and try and um, to balance all of your responsibilities. But I th I, we spoke about this earlier. There is definitely a feeling as, as a mum that, you know, you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't. So if you're a stay-at-home mum, uh, you don't really, you know, you sit around having coffee all day, your, your work isn't valued. But then if you're a working mum, um then you know that's also viewed with suspicion don't you love your children enough to stay at home or you know <laughs> there's, there seems to be no way that that there isn't some guilt attached mm. um 
for you as a mother um and that that is a societal pressure and I I think it's fair to say men don't feel that so much and, and don't suffer from that so much yeah, I think I think you're right. And you, you used a story. You shared a story, a personal story earlier with off air, and um, I was thinking about it when you shared yours. But um, when when my children were, were very young, preschool age, I was um, I made a transition in my own career. Funnily enough, I, I used to work myself in full, in um, multinational companies, and then I stepped yeah. out and, and started to run my own businesses for a period of time, which coincided with the starting a family. And one of the privileges and the benefits I was able to have at that time was because I ran my own company was I, I attended all the sports days and the parent yeah. meetings and, you know, the carol services and all of that stuff, which a lot of it happened during the day. And mm. I just felt it was such a privilege. And I was participating in my children's, you know, daily lives um, because I had some flexibility, I suppose I could choose my own working hours to to a degree, and I and, yeah. and so that that did affect. It would have affected me if I was a man in corporate land and you know trying to get off, get time off to do these things. Um, but because I had a bit of freedom insofar as setting my own diary, because I was running my own business, I was able to do it. So I'm not saying oh, oh it's just as bad for men, you know. Um, what I'm actually trying to say is perhaps through property, there might be other alternatives and opportunities to create a lifestyle that fits around family life. I think that's what I'm really trying to go with it. And I think it's yeah. it's really hard in particular for women. And a lot, which I'm going to talk a bit more, maybe we'll talk a little bit about role perceptions and, you know, the realities of mm. how women and, and men are viewed in society and what their deemed roles should be particularly with childcare, obviously. Yeah, well, I, I wanted to um, to say to you, uh, yes, I, I've worked really, really hard to create my own successful business. And, you know, in the, in the early years, um, it, that, that did create financial hardship for us. But mm. now, you know, we've come out of the other side and I'm able to drop my kids off um, at school and pick them up from school every day I can go to all the sports days school plays and stuff um, and that is it is such a privilege um, so I'm really grateful for that but you're right any kind of business where effectively you're your own boss gives you more control and flexibility about when where and how you work and property is perfectly suited to that in many ways. So, um, yeah, perhaps more women should should consider um, a, a career in property. Yeah, and I think that I'm hoping that that comes out a little bit over the course of the series. Mm. We're sort of predicting or preempting a little bit what what maybe some of the women guests that we've been going to have on the series will will say. I mean, we'll leave it yeah. for them, you know, to say you know how it's worked for them, etc. But you know, obviously, you've got your experience, and I've got my experience. We can share today, mm. but um, I think this this role definition thing could be interesting. And I, without sort of getting more into the debate, I was really thinking about: Do you what maybe we're going to do is is bust some myths? I suppose. Yeah. Um, you know, are there barriers that are specific to women? 
you know, are there specific challenges unusual and peculiar to women? Or actually, you know, I think, to be honest, to answer my own question, it's probably very multi-layered. Some problems can be applied not necessarily equally to men, but similarly to men, whereas some issues will be very, very, you know, um, related to women predominantly, I suspect. What do you think? Yeah, it's a really interesting question. Um, I was having a discussion with somebody who shall remain nameless, um, who's a kind of member of my extended family, a few months ago, and he was saying, I would rather have a male surgeon um, who worked full time um, and you know so I knew all their CPD was up to date and stuff than than, um, a female surgeon who um, you know works part-time and I I, so he he was saying um, it wasn't really the full-time or part-time thing he was just saying I'd rather have a male surgeon because they're probably more uh, you know continuous professional development or whatever but I said to him, but how do you know that that male surgeon works full time or doesn't have caring responsibilities of some variety? So it could be, you know, they have an elderly parent, even if they don't have children, do they have an elderly parent or a, or a sick partner? I, I think it, there are grave dangers from making an assumption about anybody's capability and also their their um, personal context because of their gender. Mm. Yes, it's a really good point. And, you know, I think that touches on something that maybe will come out in, you know, conversations, which is about, um, you know, our upbringings and our environment and our Mm. cultural experiences. I mentioned to you again before we started talking about this interview that John Barnes, the ex-professional footballer, um, gave um, and it was a very eloquent interview and it was about racism and um, you can just look it up I think um, and, and maybe I'll try and find a, a clip to put in the show notes but what was really interesting you know about the way he was talking was that we're, we're, we're all conditioned we're, we're all we're all you know we're brought up by um, prejudiced people in our family environment in our communities and some of the uh, environments and the, the the workplaces and the schools, et cetera, that we operate in. And we get influences placed upon us, which just stick subconsciously. And sometimes we're not so aware of that. But what he was really trying to say was to get those biases and prejudices and out into the open a bit and acknowledge they're there. It's not necessarily a bad thing to have a prejudice in the first place because we all have them. <laughs> Um, yeah. it, and it's more a case of being honest about them and then working out, well, okay, well, how do I get through this? I'm now sat across the table from a black man and I've got these prejudices. I'm sat across the table from a woman and I've got these prejudices. Um, mm. So how can I you know, be more conscious of them and actually work with that person, deal with that person in the right way on an equal footing, in other words? So I thought it was a really yeah. good point that he made about – um, being honest, you know, with our prejudices, and um, and then obviously from that position of honesty, that perhaps we can, you know, 
then start to behave differently or learn how to behave differently. So maybe that's a big, deep point. I don't know. Is it too, <laughs> is it too deep, Helen? Tell me. No, I don't think it is. I think um, awareness is always the first step to making change, to making positive change. And also, um, I, I think I shared with you, I, I saw something um, the other day um, from a blog post where a bit of research was quoted where mothers of 11-month-old girls, um, they expected the motor skills of their um, infant daughters to be lower than they actually were, whereas mothers of 11-month-old baby boys overestimated the motor skills of their infant sons. So it's not just men who who hold gender biases about women women also can have gender bias towards other females um, and it's and it is important to say that yeah it's a really good point and uh, do you know what though <laughs> when you were just chatting about that I also remember the other analogy you gave do you remember the two words thing that you said to me earlier and it's not a rude uh, you know phrase that you tell me where to go do you remember the, the film reference that you quoted? Yes, I do. <laughs> so come on, yes. <laughs> Gaylord Fokker. I told you not to swear at me. <laughs> <laughs> so why did that come into the conversation? So, yeah, that was really interesting, wasn't it? Um, yeah. We were talking about uh, how um, the fact that Gaylord Fokker is um, a, a nurse a male nurse is one of the the kind of central jokes in the um, meet the fuckers and meet the parents um, series of films and that's really interesting and and in many ways I think that does still hold true I mean here am I I'm talking to you and my business is uh, PR which is uh, you know um, quite a female dominated profession I'd say and you know your wife has been successful in HR which is another mm -hmm. uh, traditionally female um, dominated sector I'd say. Mm -hmm. Yes it is so I think the roles thing is going to come in the uh, maybe opportunities uh, or restrictions on opportunities will come in you know responsibilities you know particularly with families might come into the conversation so maybe just to set the scene a bit um you know and we'll let we'll probably let our guests do this the talking about the realities of that i suspect in, in over the next few weeks but probably as a nice little segue let's just talk a little bit about the guests shall we absolutely so um, I'm really excited to be talking to um to these women and um First, I think you know one of the first ones we'll be speaking to will be Vanessa Warwick of Property Property Tribes. Um, she's also a portfolio landlord, and uh, you know she's got so much knowledge to share. So that's going to be brilliant. Yes. So Vanessa's confirmed. Um, there's a few people. There's a few surprises. Hopefully, that we're still talking to. But who are, do you want to just run through maybe some of the other people who are? confirmed so far and booked into the diary for us to talk to yeah I'd love to so um Anna Harper is confirmed and I I know Anna well she is incredibly intelligent she's the co-founder of Anglo Residential um, Property Investments 
and um, she her, her knowledge is just amazing so and she also seeks to create positive social change through uh, property investment whilst getting great returns for her investors so that's that's really interesting um, Sam Collett's going to be coming on to the uh, podcast um, famously she wrote the what's Sam saw today blog um, and um, focused on property auctions Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I suspect she may have inspired many uh, mums on maternity leave to consider buying, you know, uh, investing in property through auctions as a result. Uh, and then Jackie Edwards. Um, Jackie is the doyen, I'd say, of UK uh, rent to renters. Um, she's written books about the subject. And that's really interesting because rent to rent um overcomes that that traditional barrier to buy to let property investment that you need a big deposit so Mm -hmm. but how does that stack up now in in a you know fast changing market context is that still a good way of getting into property or is it uh, you know even more risky now it'd be really interesting to talk to Jackie about that Mm -hmm. and then uh, Rupal Patel um, Rupal interestingly comes from a family of property developers and investors so I think uh, I suspect there were many um, chats around the dining table about you know development GDV and things like that Um, so it'd be really interesting to to find out her perspective as a native New Yorker who's now based in Berkshire and she's a, a property investor and developer now. Excellent. And there's a couple of uh, others maybe I'll pick up on um, mm. as well. Um, so Tara Coley is, uh, is confirmed from Bluebell Property or Bluebell Properties. Um, when I've, I've known, known her for a couple of years now and you know, she came from a financial services background uh, initially. She was a, effectively a financial advisor, I guess. And, um, but she's, she's migrated into property and a lot of those skills are transferable. Um, actually, she's done a lot of rent to rent as well as other, you know, development types of things. So, um, I'm looking forward to having a conversation with Tara and, um, you know, just talking about, uh, you know, operating at that level. I know, by the way, she's quite connected into the football community, but I don't really want to sort of position her in that way. Um, <laughs> but, you know, as a bit of a football fan, I'll probably just try and find out who she knows really. So, uh, <laughs> looking forward to that, um, with Tara. And then um, I had a really interesting conversation with uh, Karolina Adamczyk, uh, if I've pronounced her surname correctly. Fortunately, she's called her name, her company Adamczyk, but spelt phonetically. So I think it's just to help people out, people like me out. Who I think so too. <laughs> yeah. So um, what was interesting in the conversation, so Carolina actually reached out to me. I put a post on LinkedIn a little while ago about um, let's just have a conversation with people in my network I haven't really spoken to very much. And she, she just reached out, and then we had a 20-minute chat. It was really interesting. And what I found particularly interesting is that she started by looking to be very active in property, investing, and developing but has actually migrated now and become an interior designer. So she's delivering services to property developers around, I think, what she's found very interesting. She does do interior design and show homes in particular. So I thought that was that would be an interesting angle. So it's the selling the shovels type of idea there maybe. Um, so, yeah. And then she is part of a community called Women in Business. 
And, uh, and so Carolina recommended that I also have a, a couple of, uh, I have a conversation with uh, Anne Timpany, who uh, is CEO of ONTAP Plumbers. And um, I guess, you know, if you're talking about roles and stereotypes before plumbers, <laughs> what? <laughs> no, there's not many female plumbers around, I should think. Maybe Anne can tell me that she's got an all-female crew. I don't know. But I think, you know, she's the CEO of that business. And it's, um, I think it works particularly in the commercial sector. So I'm looking forward to that. Um, mm. And we've got Lizzie Fraser, who was also recommended to, uh, that I speak to by Carolina. And, and she, uh, she's got, you know, she's, her titles are Investor CEO and Entrepreneur in the UAE, United Arab Emirates. And I think we'll probably get some different spins there because obviously she's a woman and she's operating in the Middle East. So that might bring up some interesting points to talk about. So um, there's some really good points there. And I think, um, have I missed anyone that's actually confirmed? I wonder. I don't think so, so mm. far. No, okay. So we, they're the confirmations. We've got a couple of maybe some potentials and surprises for you as well. But I think also you, you, were, you were talking and you touched on it a little bit there, didn't you, Helen, about it isn't just about the money, maybe. Yeah, one of the things that um, I found really interesting when, when researching um, the women who are on our guest list, and, and also generally, I think, when I've come across women in property, they seem to be more upfront or open about um, wanting to create positive change for society. So, um, you know, Vanessa's there and she um, is sharing information and creating a safe space for anyone who's in, uh, interested in property investment. Uh, Anna Harper is creating fantastic returns for her invest investors in her property investment fund but is also really passionate about creating positive social change at the same time um so i'm wondering is this a thing or is it a, a myth we're going to debunk but my gut feeling is that i i think women seem to be more upfront about stating categorically that through property investment they want to do good in, in some way or another. Um, and uh, also the other thing is um, women seem to give a more personal touch. If you look at many kind of women in property, um, at their websites, they're often, um, they'll say things on there that are quite personal. So, you know, um, I saw that Rupal Patel uh, says that they would never uh, create properties that they wouldn't want to live in themselves so that that'll be really interesting to see what our guests have to say about about those two things and yeah what is it are these a, are they a thing or, oh, are, they? or are we going to debunk this yeah exactly um I, I, i'm tempted to dive in and defend men who probably have <laughs> equally good reason to support big causes and be personable, etc. But I suspect that we'll, you know, let again let let that unfold over the course of the series. But <laughs> I, I, perhaps perhaps starting to to wrap things up for, for this introductory episode. Um, mm. What I what I was thinking was that um, there's probably some men listening who might be thinking I might not want to listen to the next few weeks. But um, 
I, I think is just everything we're going to hear over the next few weeks from you know successful women in property is um, is not exclusive to to women. You know, I think um, so. Don't tune out if you're a guy. Um, tune in, and you know, I think you're going to hear some inspirational stories. You're going to see how successful people in property have done, gone about things and, and managed to overcome obstacles and hurdles and, you know, talk about, you know, their strategies, etc. So uh, what do you think, Helen? Do you think uh, the men should tune out for the next few weeks or, <laughs> uh, or not? No, definitely not. I think, um, you know, if you're a success in property, you're doing something right. And, and everyone, whether you know, male or female, can learn something from people like that and I also think that perhaps um, if there are men who would like to be able to live more flexibly around other commitments or or, you know just have have more time for the golf course whatever it is um, I think some of these women um, will be able to share ways of getting to that point through property that will be interesting to everybody yeah, I couldn't agree with you more there, to be honest. And obviously, uh, I'm, I'm, you can tell that I'm passionate about the topic. You're passionate about the mm. topic. I think we're going to have some really nice um, stories to share, some inspirational women. And um, there's going to be lots for all of us to learn and pick up over the next few weeks, I'm sure. So um, I'm looking forward to joining you as co-host um, over the next few weeks on this Women in Property series. Uh, just before I finish, literally finish, there's a couple of other women who we will be talking to Uh, or I'll be talking to in particular because there's a a subsequent series to the Women in Property one uh, where there are also some women involved. So um, I'll probably keep it under wraps for now as to who they are. But if you're one of them and you're thinking why we haven't mentioned you, it's because we've got another little series up our sleeves. So just as an appetite wetter there uh, for something (laughs) that's maybe coming and you know exactly what I'm talking about, Helen, don't you? So um, I do. You do, but maybe maybe we'll draw a line there. Uh, unless there's anything you wanted to add, or any final thoughts before we close for today? No, I think just um, wanted to thank you for inviting me to take part. I'm really excited, and I think we're going to learn some fascinating things over the next uh, few months. I agree totally, and I'm looking forward to it. So we'll we'll, we'll pause for thought there, and um, we'll have the first of the uh, women in property. Um, interviews following up on over the next week and then following each week after that for a little while thanks Helen looking forward to working with you on this series thank you me too okay see you soon bye-bye see you soon bye-bye so there we have it plenty to look forward to over the coming weeks as I'm sure you'll agree and whilst the focus is on women in property Guys, as I mentioned at the start of the show today, stick with us, please, won't you? As I already know from some of the conversations that we have already recorded with some of our guests, that there is plenty for all of us, all of us, men included, to take away from this series. It's an important part of the diversity agenda, and I'm more than happy to help to give women a voice and to help other women to visualize that a career business or just even the odd bite let is possible within reach or even bloody enjoyable too okay so that's all for now if you want to uh, talk about anything from today's show or just talk property investing more generally you know you can always email me 
podcast at thepropertyvoice.net and I'd be more than happy to hear from you. Meanwhile, the show notes can be found over at the website thepropertyvoice.net. I guess all that's left to say now is thank you very much for listening once again this week and until next time on the Property Voice podcast, it's ciao, ciao. Thank you for listening today. Now head over to thepropertyvoice.net for more inspirational content and get updates through our mailing list. Join us next time on the Property Voice podcast. And if you enjoyed the show, please don't forget to rate us on iTunes.